Welcome, my name is Adam Kibodia. We're here to discuss our experiences of intersectionality. Intersectionality is the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, and gender as they apply to given individuals or groups regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent system of discrimination or disadvantage. This form of discrimination often goes unspoken about and needs to be addressed. Let's first have everyone introduce themselves and their various identities. I'm an African-American Muslim cisgender man. Hi, I'm Michelle. I am a bisexual cisgender woman who is white and Jewish. Hello, my name is Joseph Caproni and I'm a white Catholic cisgender male. Hi, I'm Leila. I'm an African-American cisgender um, female and I'm also Muslim. Hi, my name is Brett. I am a white Roman Catholic cisgender male. Hi, my name is Rachel, and I'm a white atheist non-binary individual. Hi, my name is TG, and I am an African immigrant and a black cisgender woman. Now, let's begin. So the first topic I'd like to address um, is relating to uh, my religion. So I'm Muslim, and um, Currently, it's the time of Ramadan, which is a month um, where we we pretty much fast um, from the break of dawn to sunset. Um, and typically, you know, I do this during school, but um, with the, us being in this remote space, I've done it like this year and last year um, at home, uh, which has come with benefits um, because I'm not really in a space where People are constantly asking questions um, about me practicing um, Ramadan and fasting and asking um, like kind of disrespectful uh, questions. And sometimes it feels as if like, you know, they may like want to know more about my religion, but other times it's like, they're just questioning it and like kind of bashing it. Um, and this also comes with me being um, a black woman. Um, typically, when you think of a Muslim, you don't think of a black person, you think of a person, uh, an Arab person or someone from the Middle East. And so people are always so, so surprised to hear that I'm Muslim, and um, um, think that I observe it maybe in a different way. Uh, and that's my personal experience with being a Muslim woman in America. I mean, I know for myself, um, when I fast on uh, Yom Kippur as a Jewish person, I also get those same types of questions. And then um, with me being like a white girl, that's the main uh, demographic for uh, people with eating disorders. And I remember one time somebody asked me like, oh, like you're not eating, like you must have an eating disorder. It was really weird. And I don't really know why they would say something like that because you wouldn't say something like that to somebody with an eating disorder or somebody who had that. But it was just like a really weird encounter that I still remember. Yeah, um, every year when I fast, like people always uh, equate it to like starving yourself, like instead of like saying like fasting, they're like, oh, you're starving yourself. Like, are you OK? Like, are you sure you want to do this? Like as if I haven't been doing it like for like years on top of years and like I'm not used to this and I'm not doing it out of my own will. Like I'm not being forced into anything like I'm doing it because I'm practicing my religion, but like it's always like it's always um, shown in a negative light. The same way I see a lot of people like criticize or look down upon like my religious practices. I also see that with my cultural practices being an African male. Uh, I see a lot of people, for example, food 
being the biggest thing saying oh your food although because they don't understand it they're saying it's disgusting or this is this or the way you dress or the way you act or the reason why you celebrate certain holidays i think it's really interesting to see how like when i moved to america and i was like bringing my cultural foods to to school and obviously people ridiculed me because it's like they're not used to seeing it which they're children so i'm not going to say anything about that but the thing that i noticed is that like the fact that people have not been educated at all about the fact that there are other cultures and other foods like people don't always not to like hate on america but like people like burgers and pizza are not the norm in other countries and a lot of people just don't know that or understand that and although i'm not trying to excuse their behavior with ignorance because if you're going to disrespect somebody because of their food you're still being disrespectful but i'm saying that it could be fixed if we just tried to, not just we, but if they just try to educate themselves on other people's cultures and other people's identities. I remember learning about different cultures back in elementary school. We used to have um, days where we would dedicate, like this would be near the holidays, we dedicate um, a day to like Hanukkah or um, another holiday in that area. And as a white atheist uh, person, I recognize that I don't know a lot of cultures and that, um, having the opportunity to learn about that stuff in elementary school is really nice, but at the same time it was like a day or, or two and it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to ingrain these things in my head. And because of that, our schools are breeding this, this, um, this lack of knowledge on different cultures. And I just think that's, that's quite horrible considering that there's just so many things in the world. Like you guys have started to explain uh, your, your religions and your culture and what, what you do. And I'm just sitting here like, that's so cool. Why don't I hear about this more? It's just we've created this environment where we where we talk about only one thing and one thing only. And I think a lot of times it uh, America drives the idea of uh, Christianity and Christmas and Easter and then everything else is just, you know, up and gone like it doesn't exist. Yeah, and not only that, but like I always feel the burden to like go out of my way to explain my religion or like being um being um, African, sometimes explaining like my African culture because like my teacher's not doing a, a good job of doing it. Like I remember um, we had a class where we like one day uh, where we talked about like various religions and like it was like a slide like per religion and then like Christianity got like so many slides but like you know like when it came to Islam like the slide was so like blank like there was like nothing important on there and I was like wait a minute this is not an accurate depiction of Islam like I have to like like raise my hand and tell him like how it is like just so that everyone in my class like knows some information coming from an actual Muslim and it's not even that hard like you can literally just open up Google and search it up like I don't know why they don't do that um, I don't know if they're like pulling from like their knowledge, but clearly like what's on that slide was not enough to um, properly educate the students in the class. Um, I remember when I was in like ninth grade and we were learning history, the same history, the same history I've been learning since middle school, like US history, right? And at some point we came to religions and we were only covering like uh, Judaism, um, uh, Islam, and then also Christianity, right? And in Christianity, obviously Christianity was one that they covered the most it was like literally three weeks but at some point they were talking about like a specific section of Christianity which I'm from and it's like Orthodox Christianity right like from Ethiopia and my teacher is like a white man right and he was pronouncing the, the name of like a, like a building very incorrectly like he was saying it extremely incorrectly so me and my brother 
who were in the class raised our hands. We said, you, it's Aksum. And he was saying like, Aksum. And I was like, that's not, sir, it's incorrect. And the, we literally debated. He, he felt like, I don't know if he felt insulted. And I explained to him, dude, I'm from the country. I'm from the faith. I think I have a little more authority than you in this specific moment to tell you how to pronounce it since I speak the language. And he just refused. It was like, he felt entitled to pronounce it however he wanted. And I think that's really interesting because like, even when people are learning about new cultures, they have like this preconceived notion about how the culture is supposed to be or what the pronunciations are. And when you try to correct them, they get so defensive and it's it's a learning process so i don't understand why you're being so defensive yeah like on the slideshow whenever you come across like in elementary school when hanukkah comes around the week before christmas and the teacher just explains oh guys it's just it's jewish christmas and i would be like that's not no that's not what it is and they're like no it's like it's you know you have like the the menorah is just like the christmas tree and i'm like no it's not the same thing like that's not why any of this happens and then you get to world religions when you get to uh, my ninth grade world history class and you do uh, world religions and they skip right over all like all four other major religions like Judaism, uh, Islam, uh, Hinduism and Buddhism. They skip right over that and they're like, and this is the impact that Christianity had on the world. And like they spend a week on that and it just shows how like white Eurocentric Christianity, like how much of an impact that has on the school system. Um, something, something that TG said about like the pronunciation, um, really struck on me because, uh, tip, see, Islam is not like Americanized or anything like that. So like all of the like words and um, holidays and stuff like that is in Arabic, right? So the pronunciation is like. Like, I know that Americans aren't going to say it exactly correct, right? But, like, Ramadan is not even remotely close to how you say it. Like, you could at least say Ramadan, you know? Like, it's just, it just irks me a little bit, you know? Because whenever we, like, learn about it, like, oh, what about Ramadan? And the teachers never correct. Like, I literally read a book, and they were, it was about, um, like, Afghanistan. So, like, religion was very, like, prevalent in the book. And they mentioned the Quran, right? And everyone was saying Quran. Like, I was like, no, teacher, you're not going to correct them? No, ne never happened. So I was just like, I'm just a bag because at this point, like, they're going to say it regardless. And the teacher's not doing anything about it. And I'm not the teacher, so I'm not going to go out of my way to correct everybody because I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with it. I'm done with it at this point. Um, speaking of names, like, I... So, like, my name is Tiggist. Like, my actual name is Tiggist, right? But everybody refers to me as TG. And, like, the reason for that is because nobody can pronounce my name. Like, you would think, you know, it's only five letters, but it's whatever. A lot of people can't pronounce my name. And I was fed up with teachers trying to pronounce it incorrectly for five full minutes of class. I'm like, we have robotics to learn about. Sir, it's okay. Get past my name. But, like, recently, I had, like, this really long conversation but with my language arts teacher. They were like, don't, don't change your name for other people's like um ease like it what if they can say names like really long names stereotypically white names they can say your name right and that just struck me because it's true like you can take the time to learn the name and like people shouldn't have to change their names and make them nicknames just so that it's easier for you to pronounce it and although i did that on my own in first grade that is something that i think about like moving forward like 
you know, to actually fully embrace who I am and my name for what it is, you know. Since I was a child, also my last name has been uh, mispronounced, and over time, I've learned to 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 stop telling people, stop correcting people. But uh, once I got older, I also did hear the same thing, where someone told me that I should stop conforming myself, my name, my culture, into fitting into American culture more, and start teaching them, so they can further and also understand other people and become more knowledgeable, become more understanding. Yeah, I go to um, an international school. So we have a large um, international, like Asian, mostly Chinese population at my school. <clears throat> and all of the kids who are from these countries and have like, you know, their traditional cultural um, Asian names, they all have to pick American names when they come to the school. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's like a thing that the administration has them do or if they do it, but um, my friends will like put their American name in between their two names as their nickname and everybody just refers to them as their American name. And I remember one time visiting one of um, my Chinese friend's dorm room and they had a laminated like placard on her door that had, you know, that name system on it. And I remember looking at them like, they spelled your real name wrong. Like they spelled her Chinese name wrong on the placard that they issued her. And she was just like amazed that I even noticed. And it's just like a little thing, like spelling somebody's name correctly on their dorm room. It's just, it's so sad. I honestly wasn't aware that there were schools who had a system like that, but like hearing that, why is that something that is standardized within a school? Like, I don't get that. And like the way that I would word like this thought, like this concept best is the way that the person said it to me is just like don't change how you present yourself or your culture or your name so that it is more palatable to somebody who doesn't who doesn't understand your culture in this case they said more palatable to white people because it's usually white people but generally making yourself quieter making yourself look more normal making yourself changing yourself just so you can be more palatable to another person or another group of people is something that's taught to immigrants and generally people who are not American. And it's something that needs to be unlearned, like as you grow up, which is what I'm trying to do, and which is what a lot of us will have to do as we go into college, because we've been taught it all our lives. I think uh, that goes hand in hand with uh, race also. Uh, a lot of people like to hide their culture, specifically Black culture, something that I've seen people in schools try to not talk about, try to avoid, especially during when we're talking about Black history. We only cover the the Harriet Tubman's and the, the the big figures and we skip over the the blues or the important ways that black people express themselves over time. But okay, so this I think that like perfectly fits with the whole thought that like I remember when I learned about how Rosa Parks wasn't the first person to like deny getting up. The first person was actually a pregnant teen and she was also a black woman and she refused to get up but she was never publicized because why she wasn't palatable to white public and although it's like several tens of dozens of years later a lot of movements still do that like they only present the people that they want to represent their movement in a way that they think is palatable to white people and i think even last year when the like the blm movement was really big i remember there was like a mur murders of like like four black trans women and none of them were mentioned there was no I didn't see any screens about that I didn't like 
I didn't see anything about it other than like the people who were saying this is ironic like when you say black lives matter you mean everybody's lives matter I'm not saying that that movement was bad but I'm just saying generally speaking I've noticed that within the black community sometimes there is a tendency to perpetuate like homophobic and transphobic tendencies while still preaching that all black lives matter when there are black women there are black queer people there are black transphobic people and they are all included you don't just take away that part of them when they are part of a queer the queer community i think it's quite known that um people of color in the queer community definitely get the short end of the stick when it comes to representation and uh being accepted all around um there the demographic that i know that gets gets the worst of it is um um african-american transgender individuals um the the amount of of um crime that that, go, that is against them that happens just the statistics are through the roof when it comes to that um they're the, the most targeted people in the queer community and as a queer person it's it's really hard to listen to that and know that these people are going through so much because they have so much to you know weight on their shoulders um they're they're trans they're a person of color just they have all of these things against them for really no reason because society just is horrible um and they just they just get it the worst and it's just horrible to watch i've also noticed that as another member of the queer community that um representation of queer individuals in movies i don't think i can name a single queer character in pop culture ever who has not been white and they're usually mostly men as well like you have the stereotype of the like flaming gay i think the term is but that it, it is always like a white man uh, there there has been some lesbian representation as well but there, there there's no like black or poc queer representation in media at all as far as i know and you can't just erase those people from the culture it's really difficult to think about and i think this is like one of the most complicated parts of intersectionality is the fact that like when you go i was in a space where we were talking about like racism and like the blm movement and i had a friend who is who's black and also part of the queer community but um she was telling me how every time she goes into one of those spaces she has to put away her queer side and sometimes even like the fact that she's a woman just to participate in a conversation about race because a lot of times there's like I said earlier a lot of transphobia homophobia and sexism within not just the black community but specifically these types of movements and it's really frustrating to see because intersectionality is literally the fact that you have more than one marginalized identity black women exist black queer people exist and they live like that every day so for them to have to move one of their identities aside just so they can discuss the other one in the presence of black cisgender men or white women is unfair and genuinely just kind of disgusting i don't know no i absolutely agree um i think a, a lot of times um people don't recognize but um there's more there's more bad intersectional intersectionality in uh the queer community as well um, as much as we preach equality, we actually have a lot of racists in the queer community. And there's a lot of just horrible hypocrisy going on here. I mean, as much as we have people who support gay people, we also have um, gay individuals who are both racist and transphobic. And it's just, it's so it's not, te I mean, it te technically is another form of intersectionality because it, it's, it puts together like the, the hypocritical uh, of the queer community being all accepting. And then it also, uh, adds on like the racism and the transphobia and it's just it's just 
you would think that as a community of acceptance, we would all be accepting of everybody, but we're not. Um, and, and, that, and, we, and that brings it back to um, Black Lives Matter as well. I mean, it's just kind of the same thing going on here. And it's just, it's crazy. Also, uh, Michelle, I know you said that you couldn't think of one movie with a, a POC uh, gay character. And I couldn't think of one either until I just did. There's only one movie, which I think is an issue because there needs to be more, but it's called Moonlight and it's, it's really good. And I think that is a great movie for representation, for intersectionality. I have not seen that movie. I'll check it out. But another thing that I thought of about another um, like movement that is also really racist once you start digging into the grits of it is like the feminist movement and then the history of it. I'm currently writing a historiography paper on Susan B. Anthony and how she's been viewed over time with how like in, in the past, like nobody really talked about this, but she didn't want um, black people to get the vote before women because they like weren't the right face of suffrage and she didn't want women to be part of her women's suffrage rallies and like all that kind of stuff didn't even come to light until like just a few years before when there's new literature coming about and it's just so horrible knowing that like somebody who like did do good things was still just a horrible, horrible person and that's just part of the movement in the past hundred or so years as well. Um, I will say that like I remember when I was learning about this history and I was wondering because like in the photos you only see white women and like even even when you see like the civil rights movement a lot of like the prominent and taught about leaders are black men like you don't see black women in either of those movements really taught about I mean like you can go search them on your own but like not in schools you know it's not taught and one thing that I noticed is that like in the in this that's like the 60s it's a very interesting time to study black women because you're a woman so you want to participate in women's suffrage but you're not enough of a woman to participate in women's suffrage. Why? Because you're Black. You want to participate in, um, you know, anti-racism. You want to participate in all of that, but you're still told to stay in the kitchen. And that, that is disappointing because truly, even now you'll see that Black women are usually one of the first people to stand out for the killing of Black men. It's usually Black women who are starting these rallies, who are starting these movements, Black Lives Matter, the hashtag, it's usually Black women, but the people who are getting discredited and the people who get disrespected are also usually Black women. I think that this also is a good time how we can also tie this to economics as well, because I believe as of recently, I saw a post and it kind of showed how, um, in particular in the civil rights movement, it showed how around then many of the civil rights laws were passed but even though that was the case, it the it was basically a picture, I believe, of like I think like a track field I saw somewhere, and there's one side for um, the black community and the other side was for the white community, and uh, I believe that the the side for the black community had like extra high hurdles, and the one for the white community had little or or no hurdles at all, and there the races both started at the exact same time but the hurdles were not removed until um, 1960. So farther along the track, I guess if you could say like maybe 1600 meters. Um, and around after those hurdles were removed, um, sure, there, there was no hurdles for both of them, but the, the white community already had a, he a head start in a way and they compared to the black community and that left them disadvantaged even though there were no hurdles for both tracks after that point. So it kind of shows how there's a lot of economic disparities, even though 
um, the civil rights movement had happened in the 60s. And this is probably most evident because white families have about 10 times the wealth as black families, even after six, um, even about 60 years after the movement. Yeah, I think that's super, like a super accurate um, depiction. And it kind of takes me to like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but like when white people go like, oh, it's not a racial issue in America, it's a class issue. As if like <laughs> people of color haven't been forced into like lower, um, the lower class. It's just always like, I never know how to like respond to like white people like that. Cause like, how do I make you see that like I'm put at a disadvantage because of the color of my skin, especially when you think that it's just like all the poor people are all the same. Like, yes, we're all like uh, financially disadvantaged, but like, why why are people of color for, why um, do people of color make up like the majority of like low income, you know, populations and stuff like that? I, I just wonder like, do they even think about that? Because I don't know, it's just hard to 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 combat that because I don't have all the statistics or all the facts. I just know from my experience and seeing, um, you know, people who I go to school with, like Springfield is majority minority, and like there's a high population of low income here as well. But like, you know, the white people here fail to see that there's like a correlation between the two. I think get ready because I'm going to talk for a fat minute but what I'm about to say is so I think it's really interesting because obviously this is institutionalized and systemical systemical systemic so maybe that's why people don't see it straight to eye if they're not experiencing it but one thing that confuses me more than white people saying that is when African immigrants say that and I'm speaking from experience my I have extended family members close family members who have this like really negative and racist view of what black americans are like like they're lazy they don't try hard enough that's why they're all poor like you would think i'm making this up i promise you i'm not and it's just and i've had arguments with people like this trying to explain to them that history impacts present it's not like hundreds of years of slavery and hundreds of years of oppression doesn't affect like economic disparities now and even after i've explained this like this ingrained thought and this kind of westernized thought because a lot of African countries were um, colonized for a long period of time. So I understand, but the thing, I understand to an extent, but the thing is after even seeing all these facts, it's like African immigrants sometimes want to stand apart from African Americans as like the, like the better minority. Like if another person saw you, you do understand they just think you're black. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't know. You could have the flag of your country on your back and they still wouldn't know. So why? why is there such a division between black Americans and like African immigrants? Like, and I'm saying that because again, I'm an African immigrant and I notice it and it's really, really mm, disappointing. Speaking on that, um, I can't really explain this because, you know, I am a white person um, and, you know, I don't experience this personally, but I was in a Spanish class in my 11th grade year and we actually had an, 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 an immigrant who came from, I think, Spain and so she you know she 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 taught Spanish and she was really good at it she originated from a country who that was their first language and she had just gotten her American citizenship she, like she she had just taken the test um recently and she was telling us about it and it was really cool but then there became uh, a political disagreement in the class and I was sitting here as our Spanish teacher who is an immigrant from a Spanish-speaking 
country was talking about how she supports Donald Trump in building the wall to prevent people from crossing the border. And I was just sitting here really amazed, like, but wouldn't you not be support in support of that? Because you came from a country and immigrated here. It was just like, to me, I was just sitting here like, what the heck is going on? So that makes sense now that you bring that up, that that's how some people think. And that's just, that's just crazy to me. The model minority myth still exists and it's a thing it's like a very big thing and generally the model minority myth is just like some minorities are better than other minorities they're more bad like they're biologically better in terms of smarts or whatever and usually it's asians and indians and like if you actually look at the immigration history of america you'll see that the only people that were ever allowed to immigrate to america like even like in the 1980s were educated asians educated indians so the people who came here were already they already had a degree they already had their life together to an extent so obviously a lot of the people who live here generations of them came from educated individuals so it might look like on average that just because there are more asian people in the medical field just because there are more asian people in any professional field that they are just innately better at everything than like black people or hispanic people but that's just that's just acting like hundreds of years of like oppression didn't exist i was gonna say that i definitely um see that and i see that a lot here in springfield because um there's a lot of different like groups of minorities um and so like i see that specifically between like black people and hispanic people because those are like that uh the larger populations here in springfield um and it's like it's interesting because hispanic people um like my experience uh has been like they want to be in they, they want to indulge in black culture um but they never want to like accept like you know like some of like they'd be around the black people you know like accept some of the burdens of black person like i understand you wouldn't want to accept burdens but at the same time like they separate themselves like completely but when it comes to wanting to say the n-word they'll let that they'll let it rip they'll say it they'll be like it's okay like we suffer the same thing but you weren't you weren't saying that like five seconds ago you know it's like it's it's weird yeah, I was just thinking, um, I forget like which one of you said it and made me think of it, but I was thinking of a um, conversation that I was having with my advisory group like just earlier this week. Um, the Asian Student Alliance and the Black Student Union at my school like partnered up to do a thing about, um, oh my God, my brain is forgetting the word, but they, they were doing a thing about uh, like racism at like their school and um, like just like little things and like how we could fix it as white people and they submitted this like a uh, doc of like suggestions um, and microaggressions that was the word I was looking for I can't believe I forgot that word but uh, and like things that we as white people could do to fix it and now I'm in my advisory with four other straight white men and my teacher is also a straight white man and I'm like the one triple minority sitting there like I may be white but like I have still experienced microaggressions in other aspects of my intersectionality and every all the other people in the room were just completely ignoring that this was a problem and like making fun of the whole presentation as like a joke um and people were like oh well I guess I can't ever make friends when I go to college next year because I'm not allowed to say anything ever because cancel culture is like making this whole thing into a joke and blah 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 and I'm sitting here like I know that you as a straight white man have never experienced a microaggression before, 
But if you can't at least recognize that this is a problem, then how are we ever going to get past this? And that's part of my problem when people always say like, oh, well, I don't see race. Like if you don't see race, then you're not like recognizing that there is racial problems. And yeah, adding on to that, I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, but like a lot of people's excuse will be like, but everyone does it. Like whenever I hear someone say like the N-word um, and they're not black, they'll be like, but like everyone does it. Like it's it's just the every everyday thing, you know, like, come on now, just get over it. Like you're not black. So what do you mean? Get over it. Like I remember um in my English class, like I teach, we were reading To Kill a Mockingbird and, you know, it says the N-word, hard R. And my teacher, uh, before we read the book uh, or got to the section, was at, was like, um, you know, there's a word in here and like, um, I want to get like the class's like opinion on like whether we should use the word in class. Um, obviously, I'd want to use it for educational purposes. And so she pretty much like had us like raise our hands, like if we'd be comfortable with her saying it um, when she read the book or not. And this was like a blind, like uh, raising hand. So like we had our head down and stuff like that. And so she took the, the poll and then she said, I noticed like there was some of you that like put your hand up, like wouldn't want us to use the word in class. Um, and but for the mo most part, like a lot of people were like, it's okay, it doesn't matter. Um, and so she like, uh, was like I'll have a conversation with those who had an issue with it and like those who had an issue with it were mostly were black they were black and the rest of the class was like pretty much Hispanic so I don't know how she allowed for a class full of like non-black people to dictate whether she could say the n-word um in class I don't know why what what went through her brain there but like I just I couldn't I was like appalled I was like there's no way she listened to non-black people on whether to say the n-word or not in class I don't like that's a very interesting thing to me because first of all she shouldn't have even asked whether or not she could have said it like she's white right so like even because like I've been asked for the end pass because middle school like that was a thing like can I have an end pass please like they, they really wanted it too. like they were begging like I don't I didn't I never said yes but I never understood it and the thing that like appalls me most about teachers is I remember in my school so the school that I go to is also predominantly Hispanic and a lot of people see the, say the n-word right and when I first moved there I didn't understand that that was a norm like I saw a person who was Hispanic saying the n-word I was like don't say the n-word please that's kind of weird please don't do that and like when I tell you the entire class almost jumped me I was like, it's okay. I, I understand that I shouldn't have said that. I won't say that again because I'm weak. So I, I really wasn't trying to, you know, take on the entire class. But the thing is, the outstanding support for the kid who was arguing with me in my class was like, you wouldn't, you would not believe it. And some of the people who were arguing with him were also black. Like they genuinely believed that it was okay. Mind you, these people are not like, they're not black Hispanics. They're like white passing Hispanics. So they're basically, they look white, but they're Hispanic and they thought that that gave them some sort of ledge to say the n-word and when a black person told them not to like they were they were up in arms really mad about it too yeah I used to be like super gullible <laughs> like when I was younger and like believe anything that was like told to me and so I remember when I was like um uh, like I think like going into middle school like I started hearing the n-word more um and like maybe like end of elementary school, like people started using it in their vocabulary more. And so I was like, you shouldn't be saying that, like you're not black. 
and like someone was like he told me like I'm Hispanic like Hispanic people basically come from black people like we're black too like we're same experiences we're all in this program. and I really believed him for like the longest like I really believed that like Hispanic people were a past right and it was just white people that couldn't say it and then like as I got older like I was like no this is wrong this is completely completely wrong <laughs> Um, so one thing that I was going to mention, this is kind of off topic from that, but just like generally, like, um, so I noticed that like standard of beauty, I was just going to talk about the standard of beauty, right? And so like beautiful women, beautiful men generally, but I'm talking about women specifically because I'm a woman. So I have experiences in that, right? It's usually straight hair, fair skin, blue eyes, I, I small nostrils. I don't like very like petite type like things right and when you translate that to like any other community any immigrant community they don't necessarily have the same face right and the you would think that like white men are the only people to perpetuate this but it's not I like black cis men within the community literally recently I saw a post on a dude that I know from school who was like he was responding to somebody that was like I don't understand how black men hate black women so much like I get you guys have a preference but why do you have to put them down so much in the process of telling us your preference and he was like because they're all ugly like that was that was his response right and so I dm'd this person and I was like are you okay like you know you're black too right your mother was black your sister is black everybody around you is black why if you have a preference I've never understood the concept of black men saying that their preference is not a way to disgrade black women to constantly tell them that they're just ugly and ratchet and like always angry or something you know just perpetuating stereotypes that, that, that you see in media but it's like so ingrained that even people who are surrounded by black women themselves and you know immigrant women just any other community than white cisgender men believe it too and that's what that's like what really concerns me that's horrible people of color are so beautiful honestly i don't understand i really don't understand it why people have to tear each other down you all are beautiful freaking love you guys so much hairstyles from 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 your skin it's you all are amazing i don't understand it i really don't um i just want to ask like uh in closing i've seen like me like going off tg's point being a black man seeing other black uh black men talk down on black women have you guys ever been in a position where you've had to see another race religion or gender being discriminated or oppressed or made fun of or discriminated against and uh I want to ask, how do you feel during that moment? If you wanted to say something, did you say something? I can go first. Um, so I was at a family junction. This is one of the reasons I don't go to them anymore. And there was a pride parade happening on this TV screen. You know, it was CNN. And like, we always have it on CNN. So, you know, uh, like um, uh, like a gay man walks by and he has makeup on and he's like walking with, with um, who they assume to be was his partner. And I think was his partner, like he was talking on the news and like, mind you, we're all sitting on the couch. Everybody like reacted, not with dis like with disgust, like straight disgust. And like me and my brother were, were like the only people who were from our generation there. Everybody there was kind of older. We were like around aunts and uncles. And not only are these people black, but they're African. So like the stigma was way thicker, like the, and also the homophobia and transphobia was way thicker in that atmosphere. And for a few seconds, they were just like ranting about how disgusting that is and like how unholy that is, which I think that's crazy because that's hypocritical considering who they are. But 
I for a second I was just sitting there because they do this all the time so I was wondering is it worth starting another argument and then they just did it too long so me and my brother started arguing and the reason that I started arguing with them is because they didn't react with like oh this is wrong they reacted with like pure disgust and I don't understand that because you would think that if it doesn't affect you why do you care I've had a family member tell me that they wouldn't shake the hand of a gay person because they they, they think it would transfer on to them or some shit like that mm sorry oh my god but and like having to argue with people like that on a usual basis like makes me feel brain dead because i'm like you're not even using logic at this point you're just spewing stigma and like fear like mongered to you by media absolutely um i actually have two two moms that i grew up with they did they divorced when i was five but um one of my moms who is remarried to a woman um she is in the queer community and yet she has a lot of trans transphobia despite that and i remember talking to her and we were we were having discussion and she said why why can't these people just choose what they are why can't they just why can't they just be their biological gender and um and then and then from transphobia it turned into biphobia and she was like just choose one and i was just sitting here like you are a part of the queer community you alone should understand what this kind of what this what this treatment feels like i and i don't i don't get it i really don't it's it's quite it's quite horrifying to argue your existence each and every single solitary day to multiple different kinds of people and i mean that goes for any type of identity and it's just i people can be so hateful uh sort of following that um so this was around uh the the pride parade as that was going on and um, yeah, no, um, with sort of my, I've seen on social media and stuff, um, a lot of a lot of kids from uh, my school is then they're just like, they, they throw this in like, oh, let's throw a, a straight pride parade, which is so disrespectful and disgusting that they even say that on social media. Intersectionality is still a prevalent issue in today's society. Only by addressing these problems through education and understanding, we can change things for the better. Thank you.